0: Hi, I'm Forrest
1: Griffin.
2: Brian Caraway. And Lisa Bates. What's
1: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC
2: Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
3: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing?
2: Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M. Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and hashtag full squad. We're all here. Uh, Kid Presentable's here. And I'm not late this week. I was on time. On fucking time. Lavender Gooms. LaHail.
0: Mazel Tov. Happy second or third day of Hanukkah, depending
1: on when you're listening to this. Thank you. Um, and DJ Mark. What's up? That's it. That's all it takes, folks. Um, apparently, this past weekend, just like a fuckload of fights happened. Like, there was two UFC cards. There was two Bellator cards. All I know about Bellator is Joe Ward went to the hospital. So I'm assuming that wasn't a victory visit to the hospital. Um, though, some news for the, uh, about Bellator today. Just so I talk about Bellator. I heard that it might be Matt Mitrione versus uh, Sergei Khartanov. Like that fight quite a bit. And, Stefan, you got some new – you just uh, you read about uh, the Swagger Jacker himself making his
2: belt. Yeah, professional wrestler Jack Swagger, who kind of was one of the down periods of WWE. He, I, I don't know how much fame he ever got to. Um, I think he was kind of a mid-card guy. But a, oh, 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 oh. oh. No, he had a belt? He didn't, didn't just like have – had a belt at some point.
1: Oh, let, let, me, let me give the man his due respect. Jack Swagger, who held the ECW Championship. He was the WWE United States champion. He was Mr. Money in the Bank. And you know what happens when you win Money in the Bank? You win the World Heavyweight Championship. He won all these things one time because they quickly realized their error. Stefan, go ahead.
2: <laughs> I mostly remember him because, like, back when Up Up Down Down was a pretty new channel before it kind of got the backing it had today, that's where you saw Jack Swagger for like two years and he was never on the roster. He never had matches, but you knew he was still employed because he was hanging out. With all the up, up, down, down guys. He uh, was, um, he, his name was Oklahoma homie. He's pretty good at Madden. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, he's an interesting case. And, um, the thing we noted when we saw the story was God bless Coker. He knows how to match up these guys coming from these backgrounds. He's taken on a guy with a record of 0 and one, a bit up there himself, not some hot shot, you know, young kid trying to make a name for himself. Um, that's why, that's the value of places like Bellator, right? Is, uh, is a little bit of a freak show fight, but it's got some interest. I, I didn't really watch him as a pro wrestler. You know, I'm vaguely familiar because of the video games and just seeing other things. But as a story, I'm definitely curious. Um, it's a reason for me to check out Bellator that normally doesn't exist. So, um, that's a win for them in my books.
1: Yeah. Um, man's a two, uh, all American wrestler at university of Oklahoma. Um, holds the Oklahoma record for most pins, so well that, that they have a pretty good wrestling program, so that's that's something. Um, and uh, he was the backup defensive tackle while in college to Tommy Harris. To
2: still oh, good, Tommy, right? Tommy Harris was good. He was on yeah, the that's... national champions squad with uh, Jason White.
1: Yeah, um, Tommy Harris and Dusty Devoracek. Yeah, he the players. played. He played behind both those guys. Um, it's like when you found
2: out The Rock was a backup in college, and then you find out he backed up Warren Sapp, and you're like, "Oh, that's yeah, why he, was, he, didn't play. he was a starter." Then he tore his like knee, and then like, well, Warren Sapp happened. So yeah. there you
1: go. Um, yeah, okay, there was a lot of fights, um, and we watched some of them um, because, well, man, there was a lot going on. Um, first off, Friday night, um, while Mark and I were, you know, we're, we're all still at work on the West Coast, they started fighting. Uh, out in Las Vegas, which uh, made even less sense because they are all so, you know, in the same time zone. Um, but they got 2,000 people to part with $200,000 to put this card on. Um, I saw a 38-year-old man win tough. And um, what I guess is the final season of tough.
2: So, hopefully, that's God how we go out. God bless if this is the final season. God bless.
1: Yeah. Honestly, they have the Tuesday night, uh, Dana White's Tuesday night fight thing. The Contender Series, which is honestly way better. And they're going to put that on ESPN Plus, I believe, or something. There's going to be an ESPN on some level, so that's that seems like the thing to get behind. People just fighting, that's it. Um, and Joseph Benavidez won a fight twice. Um, he beat Alex Perez, and then you know Eve Levine like put his hands on him to stop the fight, and then Alex Perez started fighting back, and Eve Levine's like, "All right, we got a do-over. Let's do it again." Eve um, Levine. Really shit the bed. Not a good performance. Um Man, we get these MMA referees sometimes, guys, where like even like he, even Eve's not particularly good. But uh, like I think Steph, you mentioned it with her before, where like they like they all step in some shit. Like it happens. <laughs> and uh I don't know, I guess you really can't ask for the perfect ref at
2: this point. Um yes, it is the English guy. He is the top of the game to me right now. Oh, the one who like Connor tried to take a shot at? yeah uh, when connor took a shot at him i'm like oh man connor i love you but this is not the one this is not uh, the one to be going at uh goddard. goddard goddard yeah good call Mike. goddard i like him because he does what i think all referees you hear him talking to fighters you hear him giving active instructions if a fight is about to be stopped you hear it coming because he says i need you to move i need you to do this i need you to do that it's not just silent right? and then random shit happens like no
0: no was also really good that guy who got caught like trafficking Ah, oh, rosenthal <laughs>
2: i mean he was selling weed but yeah rosenthal i mean shouldn't we uh shouldn't we pardon him now that it's like legal
1: and all these i mean places? i think he's he's refing again i definitely <laughs> saw him at war mma and that was like five years ago he was just hanging out
2: um also good is uh i forget who it is is it beardy um the referee who like the guy wouldn't let go of the choke so he put the guy in the choke to make him let go who was that uh, that yeah, was with the yeah. super long beard right the the braided viking beard that guy
1: there's a few, honestly, like, there's a, most of the guys out there now where I'm like, I got a general amount of faith that this is going to be okay. Like, Tan you know. Dan will fuck up sometimes, but whatever. Um, Jason Herzog pretty much does all Bellator fights. He's pretty good.
2: If you see Jaron Vallel. Oh, someone's going to die. Out. Cancel your bet. Oh. Some weird shit's going to happen. If you had a bet on a fight and you see Jaron Vallel is calling your fight that you're bet on, get that. You got to find a way to invalidate that bet. He's going to fuck it up some weird yeah. way. Man,
1: I didn't you even know, know Tim- who I missed. Kim Winslow. Oh, Jesus! We were at that! Remember Remember Stefan where we thought Kim Wizzle just decided that Jan Finney was going to die in that cage that night
2: uh, that was uh that was a bad one That was uh, uncomfortable um there's only been a handful of times where I thought people were dying uh that was one of them. That was a really bad stoppage. dude the arena was just quiet after a while like we were just li- like she was just getting slaughtered. By, I mean, we uh, were already nervous going into that fight. <laughs> we had like 11 and 14, never heard of her. She had been retired for a few <laughs> years. She was most recently like a, like a, was it, like a fitness instructor? Yeah. It was Like the take-home videos or something?
1: And you're like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. That was, ooh. It, that fight won Shared Dog 2010 Beatdown of the Year, by the way. This
2: makes me uh, think that we should do a, a 20 questions referee edition sometime. <laughs> There's not that many of them. So not that many names. Um, <laughs> Actually, that's far the rule.
1: Um. So um. I forgot. I'm. I'm. I'm sure I already asked you guys this, but who saw Camaro do his thing besides me?
4: Okay. I, um. He. I didn't uh, need to see it to understood what happened. I. He, basically, I saw that he won a unanimous decision. I was like, I know how that fight played out. He was beating RDA's ass. Like he was beating the shit out of
1: him. Um. I don't know anybody who people who called it boring. I don't know what the fuck they were watching. That was an ass kicking. Um, and um, he did. He went out there and beat him. And if you want to do it, look at it like this: he beat him more impressively than Colby Covington beat him. Um, if that oh, doesn't, that's what. But um, probably meant more. Um, okay, guys, there's a uh, we got three people who could be fighting Tyron Woodley. Um, we got, um, Kamara Usman, who is yet to fit- taste defeat in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we got, uh, Colby Covington, who was the interim champion for like a hot minute. Um, isn't he still the interim champ? He got stripped of it. Um, because, I don't know, he didn't want to fight Woodley when Woodley beat up Darren Till, I All guess. Right. Um, and I was like and then um the other one is Santiago Panzanibio um who just um beat up uh, what's his name Brunson right that was Brunson. he beat up, I think I um, can't
4: remember who he beat up, but he
1: has a decent one um Kobe has won six in a row um Kamara Usman has won all of his UFC fights as I mentioned. he is he is nine and0 in the promotion. And I'm trying to look up Ponzanibio's fucking record as it's, uh, as my internet's failing me. Oh, Ponzanibio beat up Neil Magny. What am I talking about? Um, Ponzanibio has won a shitload of fights too. He's won seven straight fights. Um, who do you guys think the UFC should book for, um, Tartar next fight? Marcus, I'm gonna start
4: with you. Um, okay. So I think who's probably the most deserving? I would probably say Covington. He had carried a main event on his shoulders, which had a title on it. Basically, winning that title, he was supposed to get a title shot. So I think he's maybe the most deserving. Um, I think stylistically, I do like Usman a lot more. I think he, I think his matchup with Woodley, I think they they have a lot of similar similarities, where they're very explosive power punchers, but they're great wrestlers. Where I think Covington, he's gotten better with his stand-up, and he's able to win fights off of it, but I just don't think he has the power to match Woodley, and I could see him getting caught with something, so I think the Usman fight kind of intrigues me the most stylistically, but in as much as people hate Covington, um, I, I think he is the most deserving, so he did get that interim title, even if they stripped him, which I mean, does, Bobby, did they actually take the title from him, or does he just still own it? And he just no, he, he went to the White House with the title after he got stripped. Okay, um, weird. Yeah, <laughs> weird um, that Dana's there uh, too, and he's like, no, you can bring it for this. Thing.
1: I'm, um... I I uh, I think it should be Covington because I mean he was the interim champion. Or if we're just saying the interim belts don't matter, if we're just gonna ignore like all these, that's fine too. But I I mean when Covington beat RDA, more than when Usman did it. Like he did it first. I I I guess Covington. But I think the best fight, I think he, I think the most entertaining fight, is probably Ponzinibbio. Um and to be clear, Tara Woodley beats all three of these people. I mean, Marcus, do you agree with me there? Since I didn't ask your prediction, in that uh,
4: I mean, I I think have you had to pick? Usman is the only one where I'm like that. That's gonna be a tough one because I think mm-hmm. stylistically it's it's a tough matchup. But I mean, I think besides uh Ponzanivio, those other two are very similar, right? They they come from a wrestling background like Woodley does. The difference is that Cummington probably his output's a little bit stronger, but he doesn't have heavy hands like Usman does. And then Usman really reminds me a lot of Woodley, and I think that's why that matchup's so intriguing to me. They're kind of explosive power punchers that are really good at wrestling. So I think they kind of negate each other at what they're best at, and it's just like who's the better at those things. And I, I, I agree with you. I think Woodley is a little bit better, but I think that's a tough matchup for him. So and then I, I think you know. The win over you Neil know, Magny was great, but I think you need to get some better scalps on your record before I think you're deserving of that title shot. I think he's right there. I think he just needs to get one more good top five guy. I mean, they the should have three. they should have the other two guys to fight each other,
1: right? Like, that's what should, yeah. yeah. Um, Stefan, what do you think, man? And who do you think? I mean, do you think which one? I mm-hmm. guess which one do you think Woodley has a problem with any of these three?
2: Um, I agree with Mark that the one who I'd most be curious about the outcome is uh, Usman, mm-hmm. just because. Basically, you're just that fight will teach us is Usman a younger, better version, or at least a younger, upcoming version, up and coming version of Woodley. But I'm gonna say you two are doing this wrong. So I'm gonna come out here with a hot take. I say uh, Usman is up next. Ponzinibbio is on deck, and we just release. Colby Covington, because okay. fuck that guy. That's um, fair. Somebody, somebody had to make the so, point. Uh, somebody
1: had to make the argument. I'm okay with it. Somebody had to do it.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm a revive uh, a segment we used to call the enemies of the podcast. And Colby <laughs> Covington, he's the whole list. He, everyone is forgiven. Everyone else is back. But nobody, nobody
1: sends sends Stefan uh, Ben Askren's Twitter account, please.
2: <laughs> just please you just don't. Do like him too much? You don't. Yeah, want, uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> I mean, in, in the most important question ever asked, uh, do you want to know the horrible truth or do I want to see them hit some dingers? I want to see Ben Askren hit them dingers, okay? I don't need to know the horrible truth. Um,
1: Mike, what do you think, man?
0: Kobe uh, Covington is not an enemy for Michael Sanchez. I want to see Kobe Covington fight Tyron Woodley. Not for the reason that Mark said, which I also agree with that he is likely the most deserving, but it has got the most heat. Listen. Oh, there
1: it is. Mike had to make the argument which one was gonna be the most ratchet ass fight promotion. <laughs> boxing, boxing
0: for at least a century. They played on racial divisions. How many times did we have a white dude fight a black dude and they ratcheted up them tensions? All right. We didn't have it in the fight this past weekend between Tyson Fury and Deontay Walder. So we're missing that. All right. There has been a vacuum that's been created. I think Kobe Covington
1: and Tyron Woodley can
0: nicely fill that. Man, role.
1: honestly, I think you are bringing up a good point. I don't think it's just a racial thing. It's you people. You try to book what's wrong with them? Like you're trying to book the country's problems like into a fight. Like I mean, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier was kind of like a version of that shit, right? Like, I, uh, and I, I mean, literally, it's not just we got Trump supporter versus black champion. We got Trump supporter versus black champion from Ferguson goddamn Missouri
0: um I I make a joke about that we need to have a title fight um that plays on uh, racial tension but I say that just to mean that um Covington right now I think is the most provocative person in that division and I mean something we've been doing I think for the last two years or so at least I have is that I haven't been looking at what fight should happen based off the merits or anything like that. I base it off of what would WME think would get the most pay-per-views. And I think playing on a lot of the tension that he's created
1: would do that. I do like where the Woodleys actively saying he wants to fight Covington. And he's trying to bait Covington into a fight where he's like, all right, no wrestling. We're just going to throw these hands. I mean, Which I'm, I don't, I'm, If I'm Covington, be- I don't agree with that shit at all, by the way. <laughs>
2: I don't think you guys are wrong, and I'll give Colby credit. He had a good counter. Is that he would pay ten grand for every punch Woodley throws, and he'll so he'll pay for all five of them. That's true because Woodley won't fucking throw either. I don't think you guys are wrong in the heat. I still tell you, under three hundred, this fight doesn't sell. MMA doesn't sell. Yeah, nothing Nothing sells. sells. (laughs) Like you can talk about heat, but nothing sells, so it doesn't matter. Oh man, Um,
1: you guys saw that, right? I sent. I mean, I sent it to you guys. Tito out here claiming two hundred k. 40,000 people. Okay. If any of you 40,000 listen to this podcast. Call doesn't... in, be a guest on our episode. We want to hear why you paid for that fight. And then I want to talk to you about the other things you could have spent money on. <laughs> All right, on Black Friday weekend. For the love of god. Okay? <laughs> you could have you could have bought you could have bought WWE 2K19 and Spider-Man. Real easy.
2: <laughs> Good games. Um, Good games.
1: Yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be Covington, to be honest. But, like, what's the point of this all? Like, if like we put up with all this shit for this not to be the payoff, ultimately. Um, and did Mike, did, did any of these guys have anything for Woodley? No. no. I, think, I think Usman is the best fighter of those three, though. I agree with Steph and Mark. And I think Usman would beat the shit out of Colby Covington. So I'm okay with that being... If they want to give Ponzinibbio an unearned title shot, just so I get that other fight, I'm okay with that too.
2: I like Ponzinibbio. Uh, I know you said you should just match up the other two, you know, mm-hmm. kind of as a up next. But um, I get that for Ponzinibbio's career, but since he is purely just a boxer, I'd like to, them to keep him on a clean track because I think he's a very exciting fighter. And I'm, I'm worried all three of those dudes would just smother the hell out of him.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at... I not really put him down with a real, like, grinder. You know, I'm looking at the guys he beats. I mean... Magny's a B-plus everywhere. Mike Perry's not much of a grappler. Gunnar Nelson's not going to shoot a lot of doubles. Zach Cummings um, is not good. Court McGee, you know, he'll stand with you. So, yeah, I mean, good point. The heat
2: on him low, but um, if I could just chime in, something I saw coming out of this, um, you know, RDA doesn't have a lot of buzz coming off of these losses, but I have thrown it out as a, uh interesting uh, next fight for RDA against uh, Wonderboy, who's also coming off of a loss and not in the title picture. That that'd, could be good be very, fight. that'd be a good fight.
1: That I like be a fight. I don't. I don't get bored with RDA's fights. I mean, I mean the Kobe one wasn't great, but like he's so uh, generally active that it's you know, especially if he's winning. Good lord, he's just on his feet beating the fuck out of people. Um, and then uh, the next night, the UFC went to Adelaide, Australia, um, where. The home crowd, re- things really took a turn for the home crowd around, like, basically the top four most, the four most important fights all went bad. Um, right? I mean, I think, unless this Rocco Martin guy was from somewhere I wasn't aware of. Um, yeah, he's from the United States. Good. Um, Junior Dos Santos tied Tuivasa. My take on the fight, Marcus, and I know you watched it too, was that Tuivasa's lack of defense and haphazard diving in this shit. Was some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Like, because he could have won this thing, and he was just like he got hit. Like, it was like when Chuck knocked out Randy. Like, he was just in the side. He got like hit from the side. You know what I mean? Like, he was that out of position from diving around. I mean, he was just almost depending on the fact that hey, I'm Samoan or not Samoan. Um, I don't know what it's called. He's Aborigine. The Aborigine. But like, he's like, I got a good, I got a strong chin. Fuck it, like. He was just, and Junior hits hard, man. Like, I don't know. I thought his, the lack of respect he showed for Junior striking really bit him in the fucking ass there. What would you think, Marcus? <laughs>
4: um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good fight because, I mean, early on in the fight, Junior was dictating the, the pace a bit. He was scoring more often, and then uh, Tori Vasa kind of turned it up in the middle of the first round, and I think he he kind of stole the round away from uh, uh, JDS. Um, but it was in that second round when they were throwing. And I didn't really think the problem that Tuivasa did when he got stunned, which I thought was really – I mean, let, let's kind of play out the finishing sequence. Um, Junior Dos Santos countered a jab with a right straight that rocked uh, Tuivaso. To his credit, didn't show it at all because he took a hard right straight that – in this in the replay, you can see how, how much it jarred his head uh, back and snapped back after that punch. And it was really good um, on JDS's part to know that he was hurt because when they separated from that strike, he didn't look wobbled. He just kind of stood there and kind of gave him a little nod like, oh, you got me. And then JDS was like, oh, no, I fucking nailed you. I'm finishing this shit right now. Comes three right hands right after that. A big overhand right that misses. I think it was another right straight that kind of landed. Another right that landed. And And then it was... When Junior went to the left hook, that also landed pretty flush, and that's what threw off uh, Turvasso. So, I, I mean, I do agree with you, Bob. If you look in the first round, JDS when he was winning the, the beginning of the first round, he was being the man-ador to Every every time turavasso would storm in, he would just kind of run off to the side, and Turvasso would basically faceplant into the into the cage. But he did start getting his timing towards the end of the round. Um, wor- what he failed at here is when that when he was in those exchanges when he was hurt, he should have been trying to tie up right and not just continue to swing at JDS. Him being out of position wasn't necessarily his doing. It's because that left hook hit him. Junior pivoted off the left hook and it also uh made Torvassa off center as well. And then he just he was in a perfect position for a right hand to hit him um basically square when he's not scored up on him. So he ate it hard and and then you know JDS really went for the finish. And I think another failing of Torvassa was you can tell, and it, it was kind of in the in, same thing with the Tyson Pedro fight. This fight was ended because he wasn't in, intelligently defending himself. He wasn't completely out, but basically Junior was, you know, storming on him for po- probably like forty-five seconds, just throwing punches from the half, uh, from side mount. He eventually gets mount. He's trying, he's trying to pound him out from mount. He's not getting super clean shots in, but they're some are getting through. And then Tory Vasa has a decision that oh I'm going to throw punches up at him. That's going to be my intelligent defense, which isn't at that point. I was like oh he wants to get knocked out. He's just waiting for that punch to land. Uh, the referee did not allow it to get to that stage, but it was really it, it was a couple of missteps on uh, um just his fight IQ, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with his like like you were kind of alluding to Bobby his mentality that he's tough. I can get in firefights with these guys, and th- these are moments that I can succeed and get the knockout. And I think when you have a guy like JDS who's pretty good in the chaos there and knows how to pick those shots, um, you're going to have a tough time. So, um, you know, I I did when we were predicting this fight, I took JDS. I thought he would have a lot of success going into the late rounds where uh, Torvaso can potentially gas. And it got done early here, but it was really JDS had to survive that first round where he took a nasty low kick and took some hard punches. And, you know, he was able to eventually find his spot and capitalize on it. So it was a good fight for him. It really put him back in the picture.
1: Yeah, um big win for junior. I gave the happy post fight speech Junior always does. Um I think he said he was interested in fighting Overeem again.
2: That's not the fight. You know what the fight is? What? Francis. JDS versus Francis. If Francis wins, he's right back in contention. If JDS wins, you launch him back as like a as his like final run at the thing. That is the fight to me. I like that. I think that um, is the perfect fight and i really hope someone books that i do not want an over ream i mean i know why jds wants to fight over i know why most people want to fight over but i i think francis jds could be a really really like fun fight
1: i think that's a good matchup too um shogun and um tyson pedro this was a bad one for tyson pedro um you gotta go out there and beat you gotta win fights like this. Am I, you know I mean?
2: wrong? I thought Shogun looked fat.
1: Shogun <laughs> always looks fat, man. That's like I mean, Shogun he looks saggy. Look- he looked fat, <laughs>
2: like
1: he was really hugging over those shorts. I, mean- I um, I watched this and I put it out there in the group chat that like, hey, this is worth your time because they uh, there was a clash of heads in the first round, which I thought it was because I thought Pedro nailed him is what this happened here, but no, they clashed heads and just fucked Shogun up, and then Shogun was getting bombed on. Like I'm just waiting for the referee to stop this shit. And then um Shogun survives and then Shogun wins the damn second round. Shogun wins the damn fight. I mean, at some point Tyson Pedro's leg ge- leg gave, but he wasn't winning. Like Shogun showed a like a level of heart here that I was just like, "God, man. Way to go. Like you're still doing this damn thing." And Shogun's definitely not as old as any of you think he is. Like he's in fighter years, he's a million but in reality, I think he's like, what,
4: 37 only, Jesus. Yeah, he's, th- he's 37. <laughs> you can't really say he's 37 only. 37's old as fuck in the fight game. It, what, what we're really seeing is these dudes are sticking in this sport a lot longer than they we would probably think they could. Because 37 used to be like, you're over the hill, dude. You need to, you need to start thinking about retirement. But, uh, Bob, I think what you're alluding to really is that, you know – Shogun has had some tough fights, right? And he's definitely dropped some fights. Look at the Anthony Smith fight and when he lost to OSP. And I think a lot of us were kind of like, you know, like a lot of the generation that he came up with is like, maybe his time's kind of done and he can't take those strikes like he used to. And what you saw in this Tyson Pedro fight, it just reminded me all of Dan Henderson all over again. It's like, dude, this guy's sticking out. And like you said, Bobby, it was a clash of heads that really did a lot of the damage that kind of got him wobbled at first. But Tyson Pedro put it on him after that and he was nailing him with uppercuts. And it was every time shogun was against the cage and like here it comes that one punch is going to put it away that's when he, he threw back and he would hurt tyson pedro um and then ultimately in the fight if i can just kind of break it down he 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 completely won the second round purely on grappling he got a waistline uh lock on him got to his back took him down just controlled the fight from the back and ultimately won the fight in that second round because i didn't even notice it but when tyson pedro was trying to build himself back up At one point, uh, Shogun tries to kick out one of his legs, which he kind of does. It puts strain on his other knee, and you can kind of see that knee buckle then. And then in the final sequence, um, you see Shogun, he kind of counters with a left or right hand. And Tyson Pedro goes down. And when I saw it live, I was like, oh, shit, that one landed. He's fucking hurt, and he's swarming on him, and he's swarming on him. And Tyson Pedro's there, but he's not defending himself. And then the fight was over. When you look back at the replay, you see like, oh, he did throw a punch at him, but his knee gave out his knee gave out and you see the pain in his face and when he's when he was there trying to defend himself he wasn't taking super clean shots but you can just tell like he had no interest in trying to get back up or test that knee that knee was done and and the fight was done so uh, you got to give all the credit to Shogun because he showed a lot of heart that heart won on the fight he showed a lot of fighter intelligence bringing the fight to another avenue where he was better than his opponent but ultimately you know he won the fight because he was able to injure uh, Tyson Pedro Um, but you know. In live action, it definitely looked like he scored a big punch. Yeah, and honestly, then he on
1: him. I mean, the best way of putting it is, uh, we all gave up on Shogun Hua. Shogun Hua did not give up on Shogun Hua because he's after the fight. He's like, I think I need one more before I fight for the belt. Which I'm gonna put this out there right now. If at some, if at any point in the future, I need to watch John, if John Jones versus Shogun Hua gets booked, I, I think I'm that's it. I think I'm done. <laughs> okay, I I am not gonna watch him a man die like a guaranteed death in the octagon Mike we were there the first time we don't need to do that again right you said nothing still saying nothing nothing. Mike's nailing this moment he
4: built it up too (laughs) yeah your shit's not working man I I, I can tell what he's trying to do he's trying to whisper no (laughs) Yeah. Now you ruined this Sorry. bit too.
1: Mike, <laughs> your shit's not working. It doesn't even say you're muted. <laughs> a... Okay. Hello. There we go. Mike. Do we need to see that again, Mike?
0: Uh no, I mean it was uh <laughs> it was a pretty badass <laughs> open a few years ago. How is it gonna be any better now? I mean, the man's thirty-seven, but he got
1: them city miles, man. <laughs> fair enough um Mark Hunt and Justin Willis Mark Hunt's final fight in his UFC contract UFC treated it like he was retiring really what's happening is Mark Hunt doesn't want to fight for you anymore because he's suing you um here's what happened in this fight um Justin Willis jabbed Mark Hunt and circled out Mark Hunt got frustrated that was it um Justin Willis did a real classy thing giving Mark Hunt the microphone after the fight um And I didn't want to... I mean, I'm being a little bit harsh here with Mark Justin Willis. Um, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do, quite frankly. If you're not not a wrestler. Like, you're fighting Mark Hunt. You don't want to stand in front of him. So, it's not really, like, the most envious position to be in. Um, That being said, like, I saw after the fight that... um, Tai Tuivasa said he wanted to fight um, Justin Willis, Steph. And then... um, Justin Willis was just like, oh, Tai Tuivasa's got to get another, got a win or two to fight me. Nah, man. Nobody knows who you are still, Justin Willis. I would be thrilled if Tai Tuivasa gave me the time. What'd you think?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, he's got the Mark Hunt thing, but like, we'll all remember it's a very diminished Mark Hunt at this point, as much as, uh, sorry about my dog squeaking as I speak. But, um, yeah, I, I still don't know who Justin Willis is because I didn't see this fight.
1: I mean, he's fighting out of San Jose. His nickname is Big Pretty. I like that. Um,. Does nobody use Big big, Sexy as a nickname? Like, that's a... I, I'm sorry. Someone should do that.
4: Yeah. No? I
0: don't know. I don't know. Bartolo Cologne is still alive, so no one can use it.
1: But, but he stole that from Kevin Nash. All right? Doesn't that's what matter. I'm saying. Like, that's a good nickname. All right? Big Sexy. Man, that was a stretch there. I don't I Was it, a, it was a couple NFL players just stealing pro wrestler? nicknames. Big, big Sexy. I thought he was Big Daddy. Cool. That was when he was Diesel. Okay. I like Big Daddy Cool better. Boop, boop. That's the that's the horn. <laughs> from the train. <laughs> it sounds very weak. <laughs> um uh, and Jake Matthews lost too. Man, honestly, things took a real turn for this crowd, Steph. Like they just looked bum when this shit was over.
2: <laughs> well, I told you. Mental note the good fighters are from New Zealand, not Australia.
1: Jake Matthews is never gonna get out of Australia if he doesn't string a couple of these fucking wins together, man. Alright? You gotta get a couple of these here. Um, Yeah, that's it. Um, That was it for the fights. Bellator had a bunch of fights, too. I'm sorry, guys. There's too many fights to go through. Um, So, um, some news that happened this past week is um, noted uh, homophobe, at least to me, Josh Thompson, um, said that uh, the UFC is closing the flyweight division to make the 165-pound division because apparently Josh Thompson is out here breaking news and then uh, Dana White took the time to actually respond saying that's not true which now I think it's true so that's, that's what it takes for me Um, w- w- why aren't we doing this just fucking do it 165 let's just make it happen have Woodley go up to 175 he'll be thrilled not to cut 5 pounds
0: well yeah, no, 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 Bobby I don't know. they're getting rid of a whole division you think they want to add a division now
1: I don't know why they're getting rid of that fucking division. They want as many belts as possible. Doesn't seem like it. I Flyweight, man. These guys deserve better. I'm just saying. Ben has got to fight a bunch of guys too big for him for the rest of his career.
2: Yeah, yes and no. I get it. It's like I said. Is You could call it promotion. I think that division is a niche division in a niche sport. People just don't care to see that small of men fight. It's just... It's not aesthetically pleasing. The average fan wants heavyweights. It's, Man, it's the, 30, the
1: wrong direction. 30 ers like, are only 30 only ten pounds heavier. There's that much difference. You think? I mean, how how is that division
2: thriving? Like
1: they did, they did okay on pay per view. They did the same number of pay per view buys. TJ and Cody did the same number of pay per view buys as DC and Stipe. Which really speaks more to the problems at heavyweight, but
2: yeah, look, it's no knock. There's really talented fighters there. There's guys I watch, but they're for the hardcores. like I don't blame the UFC for folding the division. They don't sell. They're they don't draw, and that's they don't have great. a guy,
1: man. They don't have a guy. Featherweight had Connor. I just don't, I
2: just don't know that they can have a guy. I really just believe there's a certain weight threshold where people just aren't interested in seeing that fight. With all due respect to them, a lot of them could probably kick my ass. They look like children fighting sometimes. What's their problem? It's just—it's the it's reality. I no, don't know no. What, what's the reality
0: that it's a probably. No, it's a reality. That they could definitely all kick your ass.
2: Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> saying the reality is they look like children fighting to some people, and that's not aesthetically pleasing. People want to watch superheroes fight. That's why they like heavyweights. They—you know what? The UFC did not make the ingro,
1: inroads in the Hispanic community. They wanted to, because that's why fucking little dudes boxing fucking works. All right? That's that's the type of shit. You need a built-in fan base to give a shit. And, I don't know, they got rid of the best fighter who does this, so whatever. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, and then uh, Super Sage. Um, by the way, the, U- the people, I-, I hope you're all smart enough um, to realize the UFC Telling all their friendly media outlets that Sage um, had been released by the UFC. Nah, man, his contract expired. He wanted more money. They weren't going to pay him, so then he went to a went to one FC and Mister Chotry. That's what it's what uh, Sage calls him. Mister Chotry paid Sage what he's worth. Like, don't buy this bullshit that I'll go oh, that he was released. Nah, he wanted a larger check. Th- um,
0: this is very reminiscent to. Um... If you at a club and this guy goes to girl, yo, baby, 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 come on, let me buy you this drink. Let me buy you this drink. And the girl says, nah, I'm good. And then while the girl's walking away, the guy says, well, B, you ugly anyway. The Thank UFC you. is- That girl, tracks.
1: That tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done, man. I buy it. If I like put it the, in
4: terms, uh, I could understand, Mike.
1: Man, <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, really like, um, I really like this move for him. One, he's getting paid. Like he's getting paid, good for him. Two, I mean, if he fought slightly less capable guys, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, he's Stefan; he's 23 years old. Like he's still a lot of room to
2: grow here. Grow, grow here. I don't. I think this is a good move for him, honestly. I, I agree with that. I think it's win-win. Um, he got paid. That's what matters most of all in this fight game. Um, he got paid. I think he has room to grow because he is young. But I'll be honest; I kind of soured on him as a prospect. Um, there's just things, there's traits he shows that makes me think he has an identifiable ceiling. Um, it's a lot of it is mentality. And it's just how guys are wired, right? You know, like Shogun, the way you said, like, we all thought he was done, but he didn't think he was done. I don't think Sage necessarily has that. Again, he's young. I could be absolutely wrong, but I have admittedly soured him on him as a prospect. I don't really ever think he's gonna be anything that great. But he struck while the iron was hot. He has credit to his name. The UFC built this kid up, Um, so he, he cashed in on that. So I'm happy for him there. And you know, like that's why Bibiano being out there. You know, I think I think DJ can be a star in Asia. He's a he's a little dude who loves video games. He's got a great chance of being a star in Asia, so um, I'm happy for them when they get paid. But I think it's a win. I, I think the UFC didn't have to invest a lot in a kid that I really think was just going to keep dropping fights to like contenders.
1: I don't know. I, mean, I think I think a little. I think I'm thinking a little bit higher of him than you do. I don't know. I thought you know one three in a row. None of them against you know people necessarily good, but looked better. I mean, he had two losses, eleven and two overall. I mean, could be worse. You know, a 6 2 UFC well. run, and he lost to Barbarina, is not a bum. Mickey Gall's not a bum. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I like the ma- I like the move for him, though. Get your paper, man.
2: Do what you got to do. What weight class is gonna he going to be fighting in?
1: He, he fought at 55 and 70. These last three fights he won, two of them are at 55, one was at 70. He's six foot tall, man. Actually, a, sorry, Bob.
2: As I asked that, I'm like, I don't know who's in one's division. It's gonna be some Japanese guy with shoes on. Yeah,
1: he's um, he's six foot tall though. So that's you know, that looks more like a welterweight to me, to be honest. Um, so yeah. Um, and um, Jose Aldo versus Cub Swanson too, is happening. Mike, you have any thoughts on that? No. Cub okay, says Mar- no. My- Mike just missed exactly what I was trying to get to. Mark, what happened the first time Cub Swanson fought Jose Aldo?
4: I mean, he finished the fight really quickly with a flying knee. I mean, almost as quickly as anyone can finish the fight. He literally ran out through the first strike he possibly could, and it it finished the fight. And honestly, ever since then, I've never been super interested in this rematch. And it's come up a couple times. There was a couple strings where Swanson was looking like he might get another title shot. Um, And we were, you know the possibility of a Aldo Swanson two was very real many years ago. And then it didn't interest interest me. And now it it doesn't, it still doesn't interest me, but it's kind of different. Like Aldo has lost a lot of steam. Swanson is far. And I'm not looking at his record. I can't, it seems like he's been kind of on and off, right? Like he wins a couple of fights. We start getting jazz. He drops one. He has to work himself back up. He drops one. I I feel like that's kind of the narrative that's been built for him in my mind. So I'm, It's intriguing because Aldo doesn't quite have that aura that he once once did, and I think this fight will obviously... I mean, you almost have to assume it's going to be more competitive than their first, but I don't know. There's not a lot of heat for it for me personally. That's probably why Mike said no. Um, But I do feel like they are in two different places, and this probably will be a more competitive fight than we saw the first time, but on paper, it doesn't interest me. I have a feeling that when we see these two guys lock up and they're throwing strikes, it has the potential to be a really exciting fight, but that... First fight has always lingered badly in my mouth. So. Man,
1: I don't, I don't see really see a downside here. What's the worst? I mean, like, what? We might have another like eight second fight. Like, I think the way these two guys fight, it's gonna be hard for it to be bad.
0: Mark's, uh, Mark eloquently uh, expounded on my no. Um, I have absolutely no interest in this fight. I mean, Swatton got blasted in the first fight. How quickly and how many years later is this? Ain't none of them gonna compete for the championship again. I don't care. At least on a you know contender you know championship level, no, I don't
1: give a shit. Man, am I alone here? I mean, I think it's a good fight. I think that's a good matchup. I
2: mean, it's it's a good fight for Jose. (laughs) You know, like
1: dude, I I mean, it was eight seconds long. How much did we learn?
2: Me getting older, and Cub had a kid. I don't need to see that man take get shut turned off again. You know, like just I want him to just settle into a career as a gatekeeper, where maybe he loses the decision. I don't want to watch him fight people that I think are going to finish
4: him. Uh, Bobby, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll side- well, well, I'll,
2: one, second, you, one second, one second, one second.
1: Okay. Cub Swanson refutes news of UFC 233 fight with Jose Aldo. So, fuck that, guys. Never mind. I guess it's not signed. Right. <laughs> I was about to my
4: point. You couldn't say after that, but all right. I, was say, I want I... them double knees? I, I got a foot in both, Bobby. I think, you know, like Mike, there's not a lot of excitement on paper. I think if these guys do actually fight, it, it can produce a really exciting fight, but it's hard to get it. Anytime you have a fight where some dude just gets blasted, it's really hard to get the fans excited for it again because it's just like, well, it's not going to be as fast as that, but the guy just got completely, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Aldo and McGregor. You know what it I'd is, watch
1: that
2: shit again too. You know what it takes to turn the opinion? It takes Francis Naganu putting in one of the worst heavyweight performances of all time for us to think twice about picking a guy that he just absolutely starched like that's what it takes and you know neither Jose or Cub have had the performance to make us turn like that so it's hard Do you to guys think. do you guys
1: remember when we all picked Jose Aldo to lose to Frankie Edgar oh. in the second after they he won the first fight but because he got knocked out by Cotter in, in, in 13 seconds we're like well, I guess he's I guess he's done I remember that that happened too um all right I don't even know what the fuck else happened this week let's just uh MMA history, I'm not even trying to be funny, but this is all I got. December 1st, 2017, Nico Montagna becomes the first ever, and still only ever, women's flyweight champion. She ain't that anymore. Um, we're going to pick that you know, in about 20 minutes or so, but
2: yeah, Stefan? I don't care what anyone says. I know a lot of people have soured on her. A lot. Of, that was a good season of tough. That you soured a- on her too after she this pastime, man. <laughs> No, not really. I still, I still like her. I still like her, even though she missed. Even though there, there was no fight because she couldn't make weight again. I mean, I I think I pleaded for like the chaos scenario because I'm always pleading for the chaos scenario. Fair enough. Nothing to do whether I like or dislike anyone. I always just want chaos to happen to the UFC. But um, it was a fun season and Nico came out of fucking nowhere. So the like I identified her early. I, I liked her story. I thought she was an interesting personality, and she came in as like. I don't know, like a number 12 or a 13 seed. She was supposed to lose every single fight she had on that show, and she won all of them, and she deservedly won. There was no there was no questionable things. There were no like wonky outcomes as far as I was concerned. So just the fact that her story has unfolded the way it has, I find it very unfortunate. I find the way the UFC handled it to be unfortunate. I think she's someone who didn't play ball, and so therefore they were willing to bury her. Everything that came out about her wearing like the Native American headdress and everything and then freaking uh Jessica Andraj wearing the Native American headdress. That was a confusing scenario. Um but they got, na- they got natives in Brazil. I know it's just funny though that like that's what happened like immediately after her saying she didn't Honestly, do that. She,
1: they treated her poorly, but she did herself zero
2: failure. Zero Literally, zero she, uh, favors. She didn't know how to handle the media attention. Um I thought her little spat with Ariel was incredibly like sophomoreic and amateur, I just thought that was that was a re- of all the things she did, I thought that was the worst look for her. Um, she's someone who did not handle media criticism well. He was at so all. confused. He
1: was like, "Why is she so angry?" But I, yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I found I don't I don't think that Ariel took any unfair jabs at her. You know, when you're a figure of that stature, when you're a champion, look, you do owe something to the public. Um, I think that's the reality of the situation. Um, but that said, and what I hope for her, I think she has a really good potential comeback story within her. Um, you know, everyone everyone loves to see someone on top fall, but American people love the comeback underdog story just as much. So um, I'm hoping she gets her health issues in order, because that's the real story. She had a lot of health issues, very legitimate ones that came up from it. You know, call the weight cut her own failure. Um, but there were there were a lot of circumstances. So I'm a fan of her. I hope she gets back up there. Um, again, you know, you, you can think she would be a massive underdog and deservedly so to Valentina, but like I said, she was not supposed to win a single fight. She did. And she did. So a fighter like that, who has that type of toughness and grit, I I applaud them.
1: She should go up. She should go up. And the other one should go up too. um, the one who keeps missing weight and got really angry. Uh, Eubanks. Yeah. They should both go up. Who's, who's fighting for the belt at 135, the 135 pound champions fighting the 145 pound champion. There's uh, Amanda Nunez is a buzzsaw. There's no one for her to fight. They I should can't. both go up.
0: When was the last 135 fight?
1: When she beat up Shevchenko. No, I just no, mean in Pennington. Pennington. I mean, I think that's what's on fight nights. <laughs> 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 to be honest. The fights we're not paying attention to. Um. So yeah. Um, that was it for history. Marcus, let's do 20 questions.
4: Yeah i got a nether combatant for you guys to get 20 questions to guess who i have picked this week i am looking for a pen i found it all right so whenever you guys are ready let the questioning begin mike you want to try to fuck this up go ahead can
2: (laughs) i can you try to outthink this question go for it man that's question one the answer is yes (laughs)
0: Uh, nah, you've kind of scared me away from that. <laughs> I'll just go with is
4: it a man? Uh, this combatant is a man. That's the first question. So we have a gent this week. Stefan.
2: Are they currently active? Uh,
4: they are currently an active fighter.
1: Does this person fight in the UFC right now?
4: Uh, they are a current UFC fighter.
1: Ooh, wow. Look at this.
4: Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got this week? All right. Mike. Are they white? Uh, are they white? No, they are not white. Caucasian.
2: Stefan. Do they fight?
4: Above welterweight. (laughs) I was just going to have that be the question. Do they fight? They do. They do fight. Um, Do they fight uh, above welterweight? Yes. Are
2: they primarily known for fighting above welterweight?
4: Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Has this person ever competed for a championship in the UFC? Uh, In the UFC, no.
0: So... They primarily fight above all weight,
2: and they haven't fought for a championship. Okay. Mark loves them journeymen.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> is this person a heavyweight? Uh, they are not a heavyweight. We're at seven right now. Feeling confident you guys are on the right track. I'm thinking it's a middleweight.
2: That is my lean. We could narrow it down, but that is my lean. Let's just get to the weight class.
0: All right. I like
1: that.
4: Are they a middleweight? Uh y- yeah, they're they're mostly considered to be a middleweight. Okay,
1: he's a big middleweight. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's what we got. Yeah. he's he's dabbled above. He's either a big middleweight or a small middleweight honestly. I think, <laughs> I
0: think Mark might be in the holiday spirit and might be giving us an easy one.
4: Well you got wow. something in mind, Mike? <laughs> There's just um, lots of yes answers to your questions. <laughs> Marcus, I mean, we've just,
2: actually asked half our questions, and all we have is that he is a not-white USC middleweight. Well, we're not at 10 yet. Marcus, is he Brazilian?
4: Uh, no. They're not Brazilian.
0: All right, Mike, you got our 10th question here. Wait, didn't he say the dude was white? Oh, no, he said the dude
2: wasn't white. <laughs> no. <laughs> not Brazilian either.
4: So... Is he black? Uh, you would say he's black. And when I say you, I mean you, might. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. Like, I'm just fucking So he black?
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Like- Wait, hold on, hold on. This is, all right. Because Mark at times can have some issues with race, I feel this should not be one of the questions. I feel we really do need to clarify this to Mark. Mark is he black and speaks a different accent because you know like
4: anderson silva all right for the We're purposes not, of this game we've eliminated black. so wait i give you a straight answer now you're trying to make it more no no gray, so it's like i have to be more anderson silva's not black is that what you're trying to tell me for the purposes of this game all right if you're
0: talking to me as someone who took oh, it we, we eliminated Brazilian. You know, he's black we eliminated the Brazilians. Hey, oh, hey, I'm still having flashbacks. So who was it? Uh Amir was it Amir Sadala? I think Carl Parisian. Carl Parisian,
4: yeah. yeah there was a the,
0: uh, racially ambiguous one.
4: All right. Well it's tough. I think Carl Parisian <laughs> is a tough guy to, to track down in that in that black or white question. There's a gray area. There's a tan area. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We it's will have a gray at area, area that this gentleman right. falls under <laughs> that category. Stefani's probably black. <laughs> that's what i'm gonna go with what do you got
2: um do they have an association as a competitor or coach on tough um i don't think so let me just double check yeah i'm gonna go with no so okay my i i i I thought maybe maybe it's uriah hall but no no it's not yo i'm
0: thinking as david
1: branch Marcus, did this gentleman hold championships in a major organization? Champ, hold any championships in a major organization? Uh, yes. There you go, Mike. It might be David Branch.
0: Round twelve. Um, I'm not asking this to Mark. I'm asking this to you guys. He uh he held the title, the light heavyweight and the middleweight title, right? And
1: Cave yeah. Warriors was it? No, not whatever the fuck they're calling. No, the World yeah. Series. World
2: Series, yeah. yeah oh, World Series,
4: now? there we go. Is that still a fucking thing? What no, happened? it's the league. They switched it. <laughs> I remember I saw some fight, and I was like, what the fuck's this thing? I was like, oh, it's what World Series calls themselves now. I'm so confused. Right.
0: Um, has this person held uh, the light heavyweight and middleweight title? Uh,
1: no. Of where? No?
0: <laughs> no, he said no. So there you go. Okay. Not David Branch.
1: Okay. We got to start eliminating... Okay. Let's just start calling out the black people at middleweight, guys. Call them out. Uriah Hall,
0: David Branch, Derek uh, Brunson, Brunson, uh,
2: Adesanya. That is someone. It's not Yoel because he Marcus has is he American?
4: A... Um, no, he's not American. I don't All think right. Adesanya is American. I know,
2: but
1: Brunson is, and you know he hasn't fought for a belt, and he wasn't a champion. In Strike Force. All right. Who are the. Okay.
0: Wait, did he say he was a champion?
1: He was, a, he was, he was, yes, a champion.
0: All right. But is Mark considering, like, kickboxing a major championship?
1: No, no. the champ, we define what championships are. Okay. Bella, okay.
0: So not out of Sonya, then. What other bla- the brothers are in the UFC at Middleweight?
1: That are the thing. Middleweight black dudes. Um, <laughs> Lorenz is gone. I don't think he was a champion. This is tough. It's going to be somebody we fucking... It's, I mean, it's going to be a dude that we're going to be
0: like, God damn it, how did we get... Well, you
1: know what the problem is? We've, we've run out of like... We can't really narrow down this so many ways. Like, we know he's a black dude. And we want to pick another country he's from. He's not American, right? I thought maybe Yoel, but Yoel fought for the belt. so And he's Cuban. Well, he said he's not American, but he's Cuban. Yeah, but he's but he, he he's black Cuban. Not a thing. See, and this is the goddamn <laughs>
4: clarification I wanted for Mark. <laughs> wait, 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 what do you want? You asked if he was black. I said yes. It's like you guys want me to run fucking twenty three and me on these motherfuckers and have all this information. Okay, I can only pull so much.
1: Stefan, say something. Oh, I'm still just thinking of black guys right now. Uh,
0: (laughs) Um, We need to cut cut that part and make it a ringtone.
2: Um, uh, uh, Hashtag no context right there. (laughs) (laughs) Just just thinking about black guys.
1: Okay, there's only so many. How many many questions are we at?
2: Uh, 14. Was this person
1: a champion in Bellator?
4: Uh, Yes, they were.
0: Yo, is why this, am I blanking on the name of the Cuban dude who's dating Valerie Letourneau?
1: It's because it's Hector Lombard.
0: There we go. R.I.P. <laughs> Hector Lombard. Tearfish.
1: Um, so you want to ask one more? Thank you, I appreciate it. You want to ask uh, one more question to confirm this? I mean, confirm what?
0: what? Who is? Do we know who it is.
1: I think it's Hector Lombard. <laughs> you guys don't think it's Hector Lombard? I find mean... the champion. I guess who the fuck was who the fuck was else was a champion in Bellator.
2: I guess was black. I, uh, That's true. He's a majority of middleweight, but he did finish I mean, at
0: welterweight. It is. I mean, we are gonna have some issues, Mark. Cause that dude Latino. Thanks.
4: <laughs> what do you want me to do with this black and white question, Mike? Really, what do you want me to do? I want a clarification. That's what so I. So you want you want to ask a general question? I have to give you a very specific answer because that's not how yes and no works.
2: <laughs> He's got you there, Mike. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you can't ask for a big you can't
2: ask for, you can't ask for nuance in a yes and no game. Yeah, and
4: then you want all this, oh, what's his ethnicity? What country? is like, no, you don't get 50 answers to one fucking question. You get yes or no, and that's what you got. All right,
0: so let, let's ride with, uh, we should see if it's like the Lombard. I guess we should ask if he's Cuban. Marcus,
1: does this person have a first, share a first name with my deceased goldfish? Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> the namesake but of my what goldfish.
4: goldfish bobby you could have had a lot is right? it
1: is it the former bellator middleweight champion hector
4: lombard yeah the guy that most everyone can can we can all agree is is black yes it is Hector <laughs> Lombard. yeah i call him black tino <laughs> do mike,
2: you understand mike do you understand mike, are you, that mike are you black go. you know what
1: let's ask mike are you black
0: well like i said like I said, Ooh, if you're talking you- to me, the bad who took classes in this shit, yeah, I would say I'm black who can speak Spanish. But for the purposes of this game, are we talking black like an African-American from the United States? Or, you know, if you're, meaning you know, another question. What? Can-
4: what? was it? What was African-Canadian yeah, or something? Questions. That's exactly what you can ask when you ask <laughs> no, a man, general I'm trying, question. I'm trying
0: to get some free questions, man. That's what I'm trying but to But
4: you're do. not. You're only going to get yes and no. Right. Like, uh, let me ask you this, guys. Um, so, Vanderlei like, I'll make it what would if, if you asked if i was picking vanderlei silva, and you asked if he was black
0: i would say he's brazilian no. say okay, no I can't
4: say wait brazilian, I I got to say yes or no oh, all right i would say no is he black no wait vanderlei
1: Silva? yeah that up for debate i wouldn't I'm even call say, him white
0: in this country you would say anderson silva no he's brazilian
2: He's black. You he's Anderson black. Silva's black, man. I'm going Anderson Silva's black. I'm sorry. <laughs> I go by the United States rule of uh, if you are like an eighth black, you're black. Yeah. If, if you States. if you saw too many Tyler Perry movies, the United States
1: treats you like you're black, okay? Let's be honest around here. Okay? On, you I'm you just saying
2: Anderson Silva knows who Tyler
0: Perry
1: is. <laughs> I'm
4: just saying. I Yo, bet Anderson Silva is knows exactly who Tyler, if Tyler Perry's been in Anderson Silva's house. That's
1: what I'm saying.
4: Okay. All, all I'm saying is I picked Hector, Hector and I was really like. Well, I got this black-white question down. There's no question about like, <laughs> this gentleman is, black or white. And then I answer the question, everyone's like, oh, is he Latino? You know what? So before
2: uh, Mark actually talks about Hector Lombard, which is what the segment is about, is the subtitle for our episode, The Gang Discusses uh, Racial Definitions. Yes. Is that the name yeah, of yeah, episode? That's
4: where we're at now. It's every 20 questions comes down to how black or white is this person? You know the problem? You know, we, we, we get to a point where, like, if I can't determine, it, like, champion...
2: Or on Ultimate Fire, like Mark, I'm out. <laughs> here's the future tip: just pick an Asian guy, so we can avoid this question. Yo, if he picks an Asian guy, we're gonna lose because we no, never uh, ask. No, him no, last Asian. week, uh, that, the last week in the hypothetical of uh, we did have is Brandon Vera white that uh, caused a little bit of a fiasco. <laughs> so he,
4: there's some of these guys are in a tough area. Which, to really which, what have now. you thought? Brandon Vera was white. He's half I, white. I questioned it. I questioned is it, it. Isn't he half white? He's American. You know, he's Italian and uh, Filipino. Yeah. It's tough. I mean,
1: so the question very – I big. mean, Stefan, do they make Filipinos that big? That's but why the, I'm thinking
2: uh, like the have to be big. The rules of racism are uh, if uh, you're half anything, you're not white. Well,
0: my normal rule for determining if you're a minority is how hard is it for you to catch a cab in New York City?
2: um and no they do not make filipinos that big cuz uh if you're familiar with Manny Pacquiao is uh he's starting a philippines basketball league which has a height cap of 6 foot 2 it has a height cap you must not be taller than to play in this league all right well to get back to
0: uh the guy that Mark picked Hector Lombard uh Bob Bobby once told me a story about when he walked by Hector Lombard i think when we were all in vegas and he, he came back and all he said was heck, the Lombard was with his girl.
1: He was wearing some tight
2: Yo-El. pants. She she like, Yo, it was, Yo- it, was, Yo- yeah. it, was yeah,
1: it was it was it was Yoel Romero. Was, was, was that Yoel Romero? <laughs> Yo-El. They dressed the same, man.
2: Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yoel Romero in person looks like the middle stage between Bruce Banner turning into the Incredible Hulk. That's what Yoel Romero looks like my, in person. I mean,
1: I I'm just gonna say, man, Yoel's ass was just like two goddamn hams that you could just see through his fucking pants. All right, that dude looked like yeah, that, he was like that shit was painted on.
2: Unironically, pulls off a pimp cane, like it's not in ironic fashion. Yeah, that's like a, a guy good one. Walks in the pimp cane and it's like, yeah, that works on him.
4: Yeah, I buy it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mark Mark about Hector. Later? Yeah.
4: I think I think we talked about your your Yoel enough. No we don't talk about Hector anymore. <laughs> they were one in the sorry same. About Mo- mostly about Hector. He, he was a judoka. Um, that's really his big claim to fame. Um, he had a great run in Bellator and once it came to the UFC the wheels started to fall off a little bit. His first five fights he did all right. He went uh 3 for 2. Um and his last six fights have actually I'm sorry. I'm going to say seven fights have not been great where he's lost Six of them, and the one before that, he beat Josh Berkman but lost a um, but had it overturned because of a positive test for anabolic steroids. So, um, and when Stefan, and I knew this question would come up, he was an active fighter. He is. I kind of wish when he lost the Talos Latis, he wasn't anymore. I kind of wish he would have hung it up there. Man, there was like five straight fights now where I'm like, Hector can probably go home and we'd yeah, be okay with it's that. Just, he has not been stringing it together. So, um, you know, we a big fan, you know, we've all been big fans of Hector. You know, his, his stint in Bellator was quite amazing enough so that it left a pressure on Bobby to name his goldfish, which gave that, that fucker the, the longevity of like eight years and, you know, kicking, what, like five weight classes heavier than he probably should be. The name was appropriate. It ultimately worked out. I named him before he
1: got giant too.
4: Yeah, and so. it's, it's kind of tough about Hector too. Is um, you know, when you guys asked that question about the weight classes, mostly middleweight, but he he dabbled in welterweight for a good while, and even light heavyweight too. So it's kind of t- tough to peg this guy down, whether you're talking about race or weight class.
1: Hector, oh yeah, okay, Hector Lombard. Um, I remember when he tested positive? Every time he tried to come up with these excuses, but he literally tested positive for a designer steroid. Like some lab made that shit and he bought it. And I'm like, Hector, just
4: say you don't speak English. Go home. I
1: mean, <laughs> just act like you didn't also, know what anything a- another was. Another
4: question I found difficult was uh, if he was American because he lives in Florida, but he's from Cuba. But didn't he leave Cuba? So maybe technically he's American. I don't think he's Australian. Now, oh, he might be. Yeah, you know. I think he like. I think he just. No, you're right. He's there. Nationality is Cuban, Australian. Let me see. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Some of these questions are tough because the fuckers from one place, but he moved over here. I don't know what his green card. Oh, is. Mark, Mark like, we, we gotta go. ask.
1: Mark, we gotta ask questions. That's a thing. And we got the next I, one was all the all next one. I
4: don't want to mislead you. I'm the next one was gonna to be a haircut. We can only ask so many questions. The next one was gonna be what's his haircut like. No, I know, but it's just you gotta you gotta understand how it's coming. All right,
1: these questions. Okay, we gotta this this podcast keeps getting longer and fucking longer. Um, UFC 231. This one's a banger, folks. Um a fight I had tickets to. Um Brian Ortega and uh Max Holloway. Max Brian Ortega still had his suit, looked good, walking around to Caesar's palace with his like 12 fucking boys. Um Max Holloway he was having some sort of like con- post concussion syndrome or weight cutting issue. It still wasn't ultimately clear why he got pulled from the fight. Um
2: Stefan, do you have the betting odds for this? Uh I do. It's a Pretty close. We um, yeah, got Max Holloway as the slight favorite at minus 130 with Brian Ortega at plus 110 as the underdog.
1: Does anybody remember what card number it was when they were going um, to fight? Uh, it
0: was the one in and July, I know it was on DC. And, it's, right? it's DC and uh, Stipe.
1: 226. It's 226. Um, so I'm going to look up everybody's picks right now. i um, assuming I can fucking find them. I remember them. I believe, I want to be correct, but if I believe correctly, Steph, you were the only one who went with uh, T-City, right? That is correct. I'm I'm, going to confirm. Um, Has anything made you think less of that
2: pick? Um, I feel more nervous about it for some reason now that I'm going to have to uh, hammer my point home. But for the record, I am sticking with Ortega. And Holloway's number of random health issues, which we're still unsure of, does not make me feel better about his odds. Um, I just really like Ortega Um, Holloway is really really good he's only gotten better throughout his career Um, his random health concerns do trouble me Um, they do fall in line with what the reputation is of Hawaiian fighters where they spar too hard and they just beat the shit out of each other Um, so I I like Ortega I like what he stands for I'd like him to have the platform of the championship Um, I would not be surprised to see Holloway take it but I believed in Ortega before I still believe in him now
1: yeah, um, Max Holloway also, I saw him in interviews today, talking about battling depression after he had to pull out of that fight. Um, Max has really been through a lot to get back here, man. Um, st- Mike, what do you think?
0: Nothing's changed for me. Uh, Holloway's in- injury history in the last year has been a little concerning. When was the last time he even fought? It has to be over a year. Whenever he point. beat up
1: Jose Aldo again, I think. I it think that, I want to say that was March, March or April, April, I want to say. Like twenty seventeen. Yeah. You think uh,
0: 2017?
1: Wasn't it? I thought it was 20. I thought he fought earlier this year.
0: Is that this year? He was like forever. You,
1: you, you talk. I'm going to look it up. Well, while his uh, recent. December spring,
0: 2017. Okay. All right. Um, so just about a year. Um, it scares me, but I have to assume all of that has been squared away. It's been maybe about four or five months since uh he was supposed to fight ortega um nothing else has really changed if i'm assuming he's 100 percent healthy i'm gonna stick with my previous pick and say
4: holloway's gonna win um uh, marcus what do you think man <clears throat> yeah i'm sticking with max um I, really for me it's just that guy's game has been elevated it's evolved to points where i i didn't think he could get this good um and we've seen those in his Aldo fights, and I think we'll continue to see it throughout his career. The one thing I, I will say with Brian Ortega is, you know, and we talked about it when we broke down this fight. There's been a lot of fights where this guy's losing, but the one thing that Ortega just does, he just finds ways to win, you know. And that, that's really the when you, when you talk about the greatest of all time, those are the guys that, regardless of how rounds one, two, and most of three is going, they just know how to pull it off. And this is a guy who just knows how to pull it off. You know, I didn't think he was going to be able to beat Frankie Edgar. And he pulled it off, and there was a lot of fights where I didn't think he'd have much of a shot. And in some of those fights, he struggled. I mean, it, you know as well as I do, Bobby. There's going to be a couple fights where he's going into the third, and he needs he needs a miracle submission to pull it off. The thing is, the true champions rise to those occasions. The, the great ones are able to pull those off, and that's what Brian Ortega has been able to do throughout his career. Um, I just I feel more comfortable with Max, even with the injuries and mentally, maybe you know, fluttering a little bit, not being able to get that fight, and feeling you know, depressed and down. Um, it's just what I've seen him be able to do in the octagon. The way he fights, it just reminds me of uh, TJ. You know, they they they're not just getting better; they're evolving the sport. The way this guy strikes, the way he's able to go from southpaw to orthodox, just seem- seamlessly. And his offense doesn't change. His he's able to defend himself and move his head in both positions. It's it's an evolution of the strike game and i think what brian has to do is take it to the ground right i mean and and that's where it kind of the totally reverse right and that's where ortega is just a master and he can catch anybody at any time so um i I, it was an it was a super intriguing fight back when it was going to be on 226 it's still incredibly intriguing um at this point it's just really like i just hope we can see the fight you know because we had such a a late notice cancellation last time i really want to see these two guys go at it because stylistically they're very different but they're at the top of the food chain just for different reasons. That just makes it such a compelling fight for me. I- I'm going with Max, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if Ortega is able to pull it out, even if he's losing, you know, four and a half rounds in here and he just pulls off a guillotine, a jumping guillotine, in the last second. That's just what this guy's capable of. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, I love this so much. This is such
1: a good fight, Marcus. I'm excited too. Um, I'm going to stick with Max. I'm not as, I wasn't that confident last time necessarily. Um, I think we all pretty much agree on this fight. This motherfucker... This one's going to be close. Um, We all kind of agree on that. But um, I'm going to stick with Max. Um, it's because I think if it's... I think Max is so good standing now. Like, he fought Jose Aldo brilliantly both times. And Hollow... I mean, Ortega knocked out Frankie Edgar standing. That was fucking incredible. And they're both making such big leaps in between their fights. Especially Ortega. I think it's going to be a very close matchup. But I... I don't think if it's I th- I think Max is going to be able to dictate enough of the striking to get a win here. I don't think he's going to get a finish though. I think this this is going to go five if Max is going to get it done, which is what I think. Um, really good fight, man. This fight too, man. This co-main event, I'm very excited for this too. Valentina Shevchenko, you want a cha- You want a former champion? You want a violence? You want a whiner? Um, you want a whiner? Um, Valentina a big favorite. Big big favorite. Wait, how um, about? She is beat her twice already in kickboxing. Um, minus three forty for Valentina, plus two six, plus two eighty for Joanna. Um, I'm taking Valentina Shevchenko. She's my favorite woman's fighter, so I'm taking her to win. And also, I don't. I think she's going to be too much for. I think she's going to be too much for Joanna.
2: Steph, what do you think? Um, same. Part of that, the the kickboxing increase. Valentina is bigger. She's just bigger than Joanna. This is like it's the ideal weight class for Joanna, uh, or I'm sorry for Valentina. And yeah, Joanna can make this, you know, weight class, but she also could make the lower weight class. Um, I think the stat, I think the betting line is what it is for a reason in this one.
1: Mike,
0: Joanna soured on me uh, since her two fights with Rose. I was gonna make the analogy that I feel we're, try- we're we're doing an all day Aldo on Joanna Weiner, but then as I was making that thought in my head, I realized, wait a second, but this chick has beat her twice. Hmm. I really can't make that assumption. So uh, yeah, I'm going go with the girl who's beating her twice.
1: Marcus, I mean, I know it's a different sport. That's two victories, but it's not like any of us think that Joanna's gonna take this shit to the ground, huh?
4: Yeah, and that was actually the uh, analysis I was going to make, too, is that, you know, if Joanna has shown some, you know, fourth white right in her last couple of fights where she's like, OK, I'm going to switch it up here. And even though I'm beating Torres on the feet, I'm going to take her down and show that I could have some ground game. We never really seen that from Joanna. She, she is more than happy to stand up and throw jabs and turn into a kickboxing match because that's usually where she wins. And. It's tough to look at a kickboxing match and be like, well, she beat her in that sport. She'll beat her in this one too. Cause there's so many more variables in a mixed martial arts fight. It's just, Joanna doesn't utilize a lot of those variables. Valentino um, doesn't utilize those things. I'm going to see, you know, potentially a five round kickboxing match. And since we've seen it twice, um, you know, I gotta go with the the person that has been there and won it twice already. So I'm going with Valentino too. But I do, I agree with Mike. You know, this could be a little bit of an oversight. But I feel like some of the luster has worn off Joanna with those two losses to Rose. And I hate to say that too because she's still young and she has a lot of years left in her. Um, I just feel like stylistically, this is gonna be a tough matchup.
1: And um, nobody here. We talked about it when this got booked. No one here really has a problem with Joanna getting a title shot at this weight class, even a little bit, to be honest um alex Oliveira, Gunnar nelson um this is a close betting odds in this one too huh Steph?
2: Uh, yeah sorry it's more or less a coin flip it's a minus 140 gunner plus 120 alex
1: um all right i feel we don't see gunner nelson as much anymore is that just in my head or is he on these fight cards that none of us are watching that's uh that's honestly one because i don't remember the last time i saw him do anything He last had injuries.
2: Um, His last fight was July
1: 2017. He got starched, Santiago. Yeah, Um, I got the I got Gunnar Nelson. I think he's a very good fighter. Um, He's still 16 and three. Man, it's a really good record. Um, He didn't lose any bums in there either. So, and uh, while Oliveira is a good fighter, um, I don't think he's. I honestly, I he's okay, basically. I don't think he—I mean, maybe I'm discounting him a little bit. His fights tend to finish, so there's that. But I, I got to go with Gunner here. Mark, what do you think?
4: Um, I, I'm going to go with Alex. It, I feel like this is a really tough fight, and I think what's kind of pushed me over this is, is the um, inactivity for basically about a year and a half with Gunnar. Um, and it's just—yeah, it just seems like we haven't seen this guy— um, I think stylistically, this is just—it's a really tough matchup to call. I think Gunner brings in a unique stand-up style, um, but Alex Oliveira—we've just seen in the past—he can just be kind of that bully mentality, who's just kind of big and strong and gets you on the ground and kind of controls and dictates the fight. Um, I think it's gonna be—it's—I it, think the the betting line is very astute on this one. I think a. a uh, you know, 50-50 is an accurate assessment here because it's really tough to really gauge, especially since gunner has been gone. I feel like if Gunner was active and he was coming off a win, then I'd definitely go with him, but the, the layoff is a little concerning. It's a close fight, so I'm just going to go with Alex. Um, Stefan?
2: I'm taking Gunner, but I'm nervous uh, for a lot of what Mark said. Alex is a lot bigger. Uh, the, oh, fact yeah. that, the fact that they're both 5'11 seems like a throw-off to me because I know... Oliveira has taken short notice fights at middleweight and higher and Gunner is like a welterweight who doesn't cut. I think he naturally walks around at like 172 or something. So the size advantage cuz when I look at who Gunner lost to, they were guys that were definitely bigger than him. Um so it's very possible. I like Gunner. He won me a nice parlay some years ago. So I'll ride with him for at least this fight, but I'm definitely nervous about it.
1: That's when he uh dropped uh, he dropped Thatch and choked him. I think right.
2: It was, was fantastic. One, he was a slight underdog in that fight, and I'm like, I like Gunner as a slight underdog in this fight.
1: Man, once he dropped him, you're like, oh fuck, Thatch is done. Like he has no hope now. Um, Mike.
0: <laughs> this would be the first true split between us in a long time. I will go with uh, Brazilian Cowboy in this one. I... Brazilian Cowboy. Yes, that's who he is, right? This Brazilian Cowboy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. Uh, I think it's a pretty long layoff for Gunner Nelson. Oliveira has remained pretty active. Uh, well, who knows, though? We may see Gunner Nelson come back with uh, a new repertoire of skills that he's gained at Street Blast Gym. But I'm still going to ride with Cowboy. I don't um, know
2: why. For some reason, I thought he, Mike was going to say that Gunner was going to take his Cowboy hat. That'd be a good pick. Um
1: we're, uh, we're not picking the Hakim... Um, How do you say this dude's name? DeWodu versus Kyle Bochniak fight because I don't know who Hakim is and I've just heard Bochniak's name. You get honesty here on this podcast. You know what? We'll all be watching. So maybe we'll, you know, if something happens, we'll have a reason to pick it next time. Um, Jimmy Manu on Tiago Santos. It's gonna be weird to say this. I'm kind of excited for this. Um, Tiago Santos' fights these days... Dude is just throwing heat. Like, from word go. Motherfucker is just throwing heat. And maybe he's been like that for a while and I wasn't paying attention. But that's, he's just coming in. hes He doesn't give a shit. He's swinging. And Jimmy Mano is a good fighter. Uh, and he's a good counter-striker, too. So, there's a real possibility he catches Thiago Santos, And also a real possibility he gets knocked out. Um, so, I think this is going to be a good time. I'm sure I jinxed it right there. Um, Steph, would you have the betting odds?
2: Uh, yes, we got Tiago Santos as minus 220 to Jimmy Manoa's plus 180.
1: Yeah, Jimmy's lost two in a row. He's not terribly young either. I know Tiago Santos is not a spring chicken either, but I got to go with, I got to go with Santos here because I, you know, what he's got going on in general. He's been fighting pretty well, quite frankly. He's won six of seven. So I got him. Steph, what do you got?
2: Uh, same thing. And I think you correctly pointed it out though. Manoa, he's a good counter puncher. So with a fighter as aggressive as Santos, he could very easily walk into something. But uh, Manoa is just a fighter I've never been sold on. The guy's record, he's a guy whose record looks better than I think he is as a fighter. I think uh, there's a lot of fool's gold in that record. And when anyone he's fought a credible name, in my opinion, he lost to. Um, So I do agree with the betting line, but I'm, I'm, I'm also nervous about this fight. I'm nervous about most of these fights that I'm picking. I don't feel certain about anything, maybe outside of Valentina.
4: Mark. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. If I'm gonna get back into the game, I gotta make some moves, and it's real fucking quick. <laughs> it's, like it's like real fucking. Quick. Jimmy Manuel, the <laughs> guy, I make the move on is tough. Um, back four games, just in case you know. I know. I, we got we got some cards left. Well, uh, wins, I'll, I'll I go. Guess. I'll go with Jimmy. Not not necessarily because um. You know, I'm trying to get really get back into it or whatever. But uh, I think stylistically it, it could go in his favor. and I think what Stefan alluded to with his record is really he doesn't think much of them, and he's only lost to really good guys. <laughs> but outside of John uh, Jan Blatzewicz, which I think is the least credible of the guys that beat him, who he also has a win over as well. He lost to Anthony Johnson, Alexander Gustafsson. And uh, uh, Vulcan Ozdemir, like those are all guys that fought for the title. Those are kind of top-notch guys. So I'll go with him. You know, I, I think it is-, is is a tough fight. Um, and and for Thiago Santos, it's like you know when the dude was in middleweight, I didn't give a shit about him. You know, now he comes to heavyweight, he has you know one good fight against Anders, and we're all lining up to whatever you want to be, fill that 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 sentence with. Um, I'll go with Jimmy.
0: I have um, to agree with, with Mark. Um. I don't think losing to the guys that Jimmy Manoa has lost to is that great an indictment on his skills. I think he's a very skilled guy, and I don't know if Thiago Santos, as good as he's looked in his last uh, six or seven, if he's ex- exactly in the same rare, rarefied air as Sin and and, uh, and Rumble Johnson. And Jan Blakowicz. Well, yeah. All of that said, I'm still picking Santos because that dude oh, got that a, big was a lot of setup to not
4: chest. pick him.
0: Mike <laughs> got a big ass hammer on his chest, and I'm not losing ground on fucking
1: Jimmy Manoa. I wait, so you're going to Santos just for that
2: reason? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I said, that was a big setup for him to not take Manoa.
1: <laughs> he's just Mike was literally like, "Man, Stefan's hating. Fucking, he's basically saying Jimmy Manoa sucks." I don't believe that at all. Anyway. I'm picking the other guy. <laughs> that was put. Um, is We're going to pick Claudia Gadelia and Nina Ansaroff.
2: Um, betting lines here, Steph? Oh, I thought you were just going to cut it off there because I think that's an accurate description. We're all just going to pick Claudia Gadelia. She is minus 300 over a plus 250 Nina Ansaroff.
1: I think we all recognize it probably would be maybe good if Nina Ansaroff could get a win here um, for the sake of the division. Um but yeah, she's a good fighter and all, but uh, Claudia's a goddamn killer. Um, that being said, um, Claudia, who trains wherever the fuck she wants to train and is just traveling around the U.S., um, is not doesn't seem to be the same Claudia. Um, she probably didn't deserve to win that last one, and before that, Jessica Andraj, you know, went crazy on her. Um, Nina Ansaroff, on the other hand, has strung three wins together. So if uh, Claudia shows up disinterested, and all of a sudden it's round two and she's already tired, Nina could do something. But just based on skills, I gotta go with I gotta go with Claudia. Mark, what do you think?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm going with Claudia too. I-, I do think Nina Ansaroff could complicate things. I think this could be a really tough fight for Claudia. I think this is one where she might have to really scrape and scratch to really get the win here. I don't think it's going to be a pushover. I think Nina is a really good striker. And she just beat Rono, uh, Ronda Marcos, who's a good wrestler. So Claudia is able to sometimes get away with good striking, get away with a good um, grappling game to take girls down. I don't know if she's going to have an easy time taking her down. And I don't know stand-up if she's going to have an easy time getting inside on Nina. I think this is going to be a really tough fight for uh, Claudia. But I do feel a lot more comfortable with her. I do feel like she's a little bit more well-rounded. I think she hits a little bit harder. And I think she has a better wrestling pedigree. So I feel like she has you know, the pluses and the skill sets where she should beat Nina on paper, I just think it's going to be a really tough out for her. And it might be kind of, you know, a, this is a fight where I think could be a split. And I think it could be one of those at the end of the fight where like, uh, I don't know, it really could go either way. And I just think Claudia is just going to be able to to land some big punches and kind of have some exclamation points to convince the judges she won the fight.
2: Stefan. Um, Yeah, I mean, the hesitation for me is I definitely know I incorrectly picked uh, Nina when it came to Randa and Angela Hill. Um, So I definitely have underestimated just Nina's skill set as a fighter, but general rule of thumb, I tend to like Claudia Gedalia in three-round fights, and that's what this is. Um, I always think Claudia's got two really good rounds in her, and the jury's out on the third, so um, yeah, like Mark said, this might just be a split decision.
0: Mike? General rule of thumb. I love Claudia Gedalia. I got no hesitation. I'm picking my girl.
1: Alrighty. Um that's it for UFC 231. There's some other good fights on this card. Um I like Caitlin Kuchukasian and Jessica I just to see another fucking flyweight fight. Um Eric Anders, Elias Theodoro should be pretty good time. And I'm a big Olivier Aubin Mercier fan, honestly. Mike. Uh. Don't don't buy me. I uh, I just saw the message you
0: put in one of our group chats about the Jets.
2: Oh, okay. Which, Sorry. Which uh, Lima brother is it that's on this card? The, the worst the, one. The worst one. The, no, that's why. Well, the, that's why he's such a big underdog.
1: Yeah, he gets knocked out a lot, man. Like, I, this happened a few. Like, I think all of his UFC fights have ended with him being
2: unconscious. If you're a degenerate oh, gambler and you want to put some money on an undercard fight, bet on Chad Laprise yeah um fight pass
1: fights aren't that great but hell i mean a couple people i recognize so yeah hopefully this thing holds together especially those top two fights um rest of the card though just good matchups not necessarily all of them the highest ranked people but just good matchups between people um let's do stuff we like and get out of here um i'll go uh, mine's kind of quick mine's uh you can find this online it's called, uh, you, look, you look for on YouTube, Billy Crystal uh, Muhammad Ali 15 rounds. It's a bit uh, Billy Crystal used to do about Muhammad Ali and where he plays Muhammad Ali and Howard Cosell and he's a pretty good impression of both. Um, and the one I'm talking about, you can find a video of young Billy Crystal, like 1979 Billy Crystal doing this in front of Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali fucking loving it. Um, they were actually really good friends and it was cool to just watch this whole thing. Um it's pretty much him through 15 rounds telling the story of Muhammad Ali's life. Or his, his, his fighting life from after he won the Olympic gold medal up until right before he took Leon Spinks on in the rematch. Um, and it's just really well done. It's not too long. Uh, I think maybe 10 minutes. I don't even know if it was that long. Um, but it's excellent. It's called... But look up Billy Crystal, um, Muhammad Ali, 15 rounds. Um... But I was on a real Muhammad Ali kick this weekend, so I ended up there.
2: Stefan? Um, yeah, I got a couple of really random things, but uh, thing I like. Um, I've won, I was pitching Mark to it before. Um, there's a new YouTube channel. I've discovered they kind of they're brand new. They only have four videos. Um, they just kind of started trending over the weekend, um, but they're short, really well-made, very clever, very funny videos. Um, the channel is called "Girlfriend Reviews," and her tagline's pretty simple. I make videos about the video games I watch my boyfriend play. Um, so far, she's done Red Dead Redemption 2, Spider-Man, God of War, and Fallout 76. Um, each video is like five to six minutes. I think they're really funny. I like the premise. Um, you can tell she understands enough about gaming that like, she's not like clueless. It's not like a clueless gamer type thing, but uh, it's just funny kind of the vantage. She's like, I'm not reviewing the game. I'm reviewing what it's like to live someone playing the game. Um, they're just really good. Um, and my other thing is, as uh, one of the resident hipster soccer fans, um, I want to give a tip of the hat to Luka Modric. Um, yeah, yeah. know, I don't like Real. He's a really great story. Um, he's this 5'8 Croatian kid, was one of the heroes of the last World Cup. He won the Ballon D'Or, which is uh, the top soccer award. Um, I believe Ronaldo and Messi probably had a chokehold on it for like the last decade, pretty much. Oh, yeah. That's um, exactly
1: what was happening. <laughs>
2: I mean, it was just alternating between one of those two guys for most of my formative adult memory. Um, but Luka Modric, five, eight kid from tiny Croatia, led them to the uh, World Cup final, though they lost. Um, the kid, he grew up in a uh, refugee camp in the former Yugoslavia, like, I remember reading stories like he grew up kicking a paper soccer ball because like they were in a camp, they barely had shoes, if at all. Like so to see a tiny he he you look at him on paper, he does not look like a world class athlete. Again, he's five eight, maybe like hundred forty pounds soaking wet. Um, but a hell of a soccer player, incredibly skilled. Um so it's really cool to see him one, nearly lead his uh his small country to the brink of it, uh the like world's most prestigious award for the sport, and then for him to just be honored um for a really really prestigious award bobby's a soccer fan too i, I feel like he's got something he wants to chime in um, well i said this is a real headline um first
1: woman's Ballon d'Or um marred as winner ada hegerberg is asked to twerk
2: well uh, <laughs> i will say i love soccer it is not a progressive sport it is not a progressive fan base um as we sometimes forget in our country uh europe never had a civil rights man movement. this was this was this was france for the love of God, this DJ should not have a job anymore. That asked him her to do that, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, not a classy move, but uh, tip of the hat to Luka Modric. Um, if you should ever watch the sport, he is a joy to watch on the pitch.
1: Um, real quick, before I go to Mike here, um, did this Captain Marvel trailer drop in the middle of this show? I think so. Okay, well, <laughs> everyone, let's, let's finish. Hurry up so you can watch this. Up I got stuff to watch. Uh, sh- all right, Mike. Uh, for me
0: this week, it's actually a documentary I saw yesterday. It's on Trevor Noah, uh, otherwise known as the host of The Daily Show for the last few years. It's from a documentary from about 2011. It's called You Laugh But It's True. It's from before he was even uh, a-, a correspondent on The Daily Show when he was still just a comedian in South Africa it follows his journey two months out um before he does uh south africa's first uh one-man show uh, if you guys aren't exactly sure what a one-man show is pretty much any hbo special you see where there's one comedian there doing it for about an hour that's a one-man show we're super used to that that's something that's just old hat uh for comedians here in the united states but I guess in 2011, that was still an unheard of thing in South Africa. Literally, no one had ever done it before. And um, Trevor Noah was trying to be the first one to do it. At that point in 2011, he was actually only doing comedy for two years. And if anyone who's listened to the Joe Rogan uh, podcast for any number of time, you know that two years ain't shit when it comes to stand-up comedy and uh it was very interesting to see how south african older south african comedians what they thought of trevor noah because a lot of them got interviewed as well and uh, i don't know if this was a race thing um but it was a very south
1: africa (laughs) it's south africa (laughs) it, it was a
0: very clear very clear divide that the black comedians who they interviewed had pretty much nothing but good things to say about Trevor Noah. Uh, all the older white comedians were like, he's arrogant. He doesn't know his plays. I don't even consider him a comedian yet. Who does he think he is? Um, I'm not sure if there's something there or not. I don't know. It's South Africa, so I'm going to air maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say, but I don't know. Uh, But besides that, it was a very compelling documentary. I learned a lot more about the guy. Um, I mean, shoot, uh, at one point during the documentary, his mom actually gets shot in the head. And he just continues on filming the, uh, you know, preparing for the special. And I think that shows a lot about his uh, mental fortitude. I think I highly recommend you guys checking it out. Uh, You laugh, but it's true. So uh, give it
1: a look, Marcus. Um, real quick, I'll ask you a question: Is Just Cause Four almost coming out well, soon? I mean, <laughs> you ask a question. I'm literally on the. Well, I, 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 I
4: didn't know if you. I, I didn't know if you were gonna. I didn't know if you are gonna bring that up. I I, oh, you to bring yeah, that up. Of course, I was gonna hook you up, Bobby, and surprise you. Thank uh, you. No, thank uh, you. This week is actually kind of crazy. For the first week in December, usually games. New games usually do not release after Black Friday, because that's when people do their fucking shopping. Um, But a lot of good stuff's coming out. Uh, But first, I want to talk about a game I got a couple weeks ago that I've really just been loving. I love Beat Saber. That is such a fun game. It is bringing me back to our old DDR days, except now, instead of using my feet, I'm swinging lightsabers around like an idiot. Um, And also, unlike DDR, it's a rhythm game, but there is... We used to watch, me and Steph and our friend Victor used to watch freestyle DDR videos. There's a way you can play DDR and look cool. You cannot play Beat Saber and look cool. You just look like a fucking idiot swinging your arms around. But it is really fun. I've really been enjoying it. That is a VR um, rhythm game. Um, And like I mentioned before, just a ton of really good stuff uh, launching today as you guys are listening to this and on Friday. So the big ones are obviously Just Cause 4, which looks really cool. I think some reviews came out today. I haven't really dug into them. There's a game coming out on PS4 that previously was already on Xbox One and PC called uh, Subnautica. And this is kind of No Man's Sky but Underwater, which to me, honestly, that premise didn't really get me super excited. I've just I've heard so many positive things about this game when it came out earlier this year. I'm really interested to try it. Um, and then big heavy hitter, last one of the year, game of the year contender. We got Smash Brothers Ultimate. I'm really excited. That is... Could very easily be a trap because I got excited for Brawl on the Wii. And the thing with Smash Brothers is like, I want to love it. It's so cool. This one has all the characters and uh, Simon Belmont from uh, Castlevania. I'm really excited to try him out. The game on paper just looks really exciting. But I remember getting Brawl and thinking the same thing. And after about like three weeks, I'm like, I'm kind of done with it. Um, That kind of happens with me in Smash. But I'm still super excited because it has Cloud from the Wii U and Ryu. And they have Ken. There's a lot of characters I'm really interested to try it out and some really cool modes as well. Um, so that's that's the big heavy hitter for the end of the year, the last game contender to kind of uh, slide in. Also want to mention, fucking on Thursday is the Game Awards, um, which I think are stream online. They used to be on Spike. Uh, they're streaming. There's going to be a lot of game premieres shown there. And then normally the weekend after the Game Awards, they would have the PlayStation Experience. Sony has backed out of that. Sony has backed out of E3. Um Everyone thinks that they're gonna in 2019 they're gonna announce the PS5 and then ship it in 2020. I think that's very likely. Uh, in the wake of PSX, though, really fucking cool. Greg Miller, formerly of IGN, of his own Patreon now, kind of funny games. He said, "Fuck that shit being canceled. We're gonna throw our own press conference and show games and shit." So he has kind of um, his game showcase is gonna be Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm really excited for that. Um, I've always loved Greg Miller. He's been kind of The warrior for PlayStation over at IGN when the PS3 was kind of sucking balls. He was kind of the guy saying, like, I love this shit. Uh, And I agree with him. Um, They've been doing really good stuff over at Kind of Funny. I really enjoy their podcast. So I'm really interested to see them kind of take the reins and be like, yeah, we can show a press conference. Why not? Um, So I'm really excited to see uh, what they will be able to pull off on Saturday. Uh, And then lastly, I don't know if you guys saw this just because I didn't know it was coming out. It wasn't on my radar. I just saw it on Netflix. Um, But then it just reminded me of one of the best comedians of our time. Uh, There's a new mini series on Netflix called Bumping Mics. And this is with Dave Attell and uh, Jeff Ross. And I guess they've been doing this little shtick where they kind of just go on stage and kind of just tell jokes at each other. And, you know, instead of Bumping fists, they bump the mic. Um, And what's really cool about this special is, one, fucking Dave Attell. Everyone fucking forgot about this guy because he fell off. But seriously, one of my favorite comedians and I feel at the time he was really getting big at the same time Mitch Hedberg was, who is my all-time favorite comedian. So I felt like he's always, in my mind, been kind of in his shadow. And the last couple of years hasn't really been around as much. But just watching Bumping Mice, I'm like, I kind of forgot how fucking fun David Tell is. Jeff Ross is all right. Um, and they have a lot of special guest uh, stars come on. So um, and it's, I think it's three episodes. I think they're 26 minutes each. So it's a pretty easy thing to breeze through. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And it just kind of got me on a David Tell kick it yeah, is in,
2: uh insomniac was one of my what, favorite
4: yeah, shows what i was about growing. to say a fucking crime you can't watch insomniac anywhere i say like there's no one that streams that has that huh? you can go to amazon and buy best of volume one and two or you can watch really shitty vhs copies on youtube but that's what i've been doing um but yeah that that show was a classic you know back when we were in high school and i i Honestly, I just been watching episodes with Christine and like I still think that show holds up. When it's we, a great um, easy premise.
2: A few years ago when uh the three of us, uh Mark, Bobby, and myself traveled to Amsterdam, my whole life, my whole picture of Amsterdam was entirely painted by David Tell's episode of going there. We didn't do that the me. like the three a.m. like flower market. I don't think any of us were uh that touristy, but otherwise the entire view of the city was entirely based on uh David Tell, his premise for that episode was he was going to commit all seven of the deadly sins in the city of Amsterdam. And uh, hilarity and hijinks ensued.
4: Yeah, yeah so that was it. Uh, I just, yeah, just it like you and Muhammad Ali, Bobby, I was just been on a David Tell kick. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy was really funny. And I completely forgot about him. You know, it's been a long time since I watched Pootie Tang, so I could see him too hot for a hootenanny lines, so you kind of forget what a ta how are you gonna say what a ta to that oh
1: man Dude, I, classic we could literally do an entire podcast of his pooty tag lines it would not be difficult for us okay we more or less could do the movie if i'm being honest um all right guys um we're gonna end this show right now um because god knows it's long as usual we'll be back next week i think there's a card every fucking week um so just to confirm that we'll be back next week Talking about, ooh, good fight. Real good fight. Kevin Lee versus Ali Quinta. Um, I like that quite a bit. Um, some other pretty, de- uh, Bobby Lee is, Bobby Green's back. Ooh, Add nice. some Barbosa's on this card. Sergio Pettis, Rob Bont, Jim Miller. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, we'll talk about this um, next week. UFC's final Fox program, UFC on Fox. And they're giving him a hell of a main event, quite frankly, with Ali Quinta and Kevin Lee. Um... All right, guys. UFC 231. Uh, we'll see if Max Holloway can hold on to that belt. We'll see who we're gonna get a new Flyweight champion. If Yoana Champion can become, because nobody's talking about this, she'd be she the talks. first woman to do it. Oh, and she, she would just beat. beat what if a man? She'd, she'd, she'd beat them both. She beat them both. Well, oh, she only beat she only beat Nunes because Cyborg's not going down. But yeah, if she, if that's how it happens, that'd be pretty cool. Quite frankly. Um Guys, thanks for listening. We're going to go watch the Captain Marvel trailer. Oh, yeah. And then talk about that. But uh, thank you all for listening and peace out.
2: Later. See ya.